from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023. Thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club. Powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning. All electric and built for tough. Denver Broncos training camp practice about to start here right at 10 o'clock. Uh, the first hour is not too exciting. Um, in the 11 o'clock hour, that's when they ramp things up. But training camp 2023 is on the air thanks to Ting Internet. If you live in Centennial, make Ting your Lightspeed Internet provider for as low as $89 a month. Go to ting.com slash centennial for more info. All right, sometimes the, the best conversations happen during the commercial break. And, um, you know, that, that, that sound we're running of Russell saying, um, you know, we're going to turn it around. It's going to be an amazing story when we do. And then Richie was like, wouldn't that be awesome if the Broncos were just like decent? Like if they were like nine and eight? And I'm like, yeah, that would be awesome. And I said, Richie, what do you think they will be? He said like seven and ten. And then I was like, all right, well, who do you think is going to have the better offense? The New York Jets or the Denver Broncos? Because Nathaniel Hackett's running that offense there. And Sean Payton's running this offense here. Orlando, who do you think is going to have the better offense? Wow. Um, honestly, I think it's the Jets. I think that football team, right now, there's some question marks at offensive line, and will they be able to protect? But at the same time, Aaron Rodgers is that X factor. He, he has figured it out a very long time ago, whether he has to go into the game and play that quick game, or when, you know, go into the game, and, and now I am going to take my shots. I think Aaron Rodgers is really kind of not above what the game plan dictates and what the team dictates that he's playing against. Where I watched Russell Wilson last year kind of check into some things at the line of scrimmage where I was just like, yeah, you, you don't really have the right tackle that should be out there for you to go a seven-step drop and, and you know, a, a four-second play to de- de- that develops and to push it down the field. So I think Aaron Rodgers from the neck up is just light years ahead of where Russell Wilson was last year. Now, a lot of things this year with Sean Payton, it's going to be a perfect chess match. Sean Payton, you're calling the game against the defensive coordinator. Can you have success against this defensive coordinator? I don't believe that Russ is going to do a lot of, hey, let me get us into the right play at the line of scrimmage. And there might be games where he does have the ability to do that, but it's like, what are we going to? Here's like the bread and butter. You got three things that you could go to when you see this against the defense. Where Aaron Rodgers, I believe the whole entire playbook's going to be up for him. And when you have the whole entire playbook up at the line of scrimmage, you're going to be able to, to have some real success. So um, for me, I think this year, just year one, it's, it's going to be the Jets. Now, next year might be a different story, but this year I think the Jets have the better offense. So Russell Wilson was the fastest quarterback ever to 100 wins. <clears throat> um, his 10 years in, in Seattle were incredibly successful. Uh, he won a Super Bowl, went to another Super Bowl, went to like nine Pro Bowls, had a, a lot of success there. When you talk about the difference between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and, and the processing at the line of scrimmage. And it was something you were just describing with Peyton Manning, too. Getting you to the line of scrimmage and getting you in the best play possible to take advantage of the weakness you see in the defense. Do you think Russell Wilson has that ability, if he stays in the system for several years, to develop into that type of quarterback? Or is he just not that guy? Yes, I believe he has that ability. Um, absolutely. I, I think that, you know, over time with any quarterback, 
get thinking like the head coach. And, and that's, you know, my biggest argument as well. When people say that Russell Wilson lost a step or he doesn't have it anymore. It, it takes a little bit more for me to, to jump on that bandwagon. I believe Russell Wilson is not broken. He is fixable. It's now rewiring it from the neck up. I think that this is what that this training camp is all about. It's not about, hey, Russ, can you hit Tim? Uh, can you hit Cortland Sutton on a deep out? Can you hit Jerry Judy with the crazy legs and running a double move? I think it's less about that and more about, hey, Russell Wilson, can you sh- think like Sean Payton on this third and eight play? Right, this is what the defense has given you. Now, do you know that the ball should go to Jerry Judy because they're playing cover four? Do you know that now that same exact play, but the defense changes up the coverage, and now they're playing cover two? Do you know that the ball should go to Courtney Sutton? That same exact play, Nate, but the defense is going zero. Do you know that the ball should go to Javante Williams? And are you giving them a catchable ball in a situation like that where you're giving this football team a chance? So I think it's about Sean Payton rewiring Russell Wilson as far as his thought process to think this whole thing through and think like Sean Payton. Yeah, so because last year you saw him make some bad reads in moments where everyone else on the field knew it should go somewhere else. You remember, you know, the KJ Hamler slant at the end of that game, and he was wide open, and Russell decided to go elsewhere um, when the look was clearly to go to the right side, and you saw KJ Hamler's frustration because they were all in those meetings together, and they learned it all at the same time. And he locked on. He locked on, right? That that was the issue with that. Yeah. He locked on to Cortland Sutton. And sometimes, like as a as a quarterback, it's okay to lock on to a guy that you like throwing it to if you know he's going to catch that for you and you have that connection. These guys don't have that yet. Clearly, like you didn't see that in the game where Russell just knew Cortland was where he was going to be. He understands his catch radius, where he likes the ball, and Cortland's going to snatch that thing no matter what the coverage is. You have to have that guy. <laughs> little kiddos running across the street uh, about to get hit by cars. Be careful, children. Be careful. Yeah. That was a dangerous move. Um, Sean Payton um, understands that, look, you're not doing this in a vacuum. These aren't routes on air there. Um, you're going against a pretty formidable pass rush and a really good defense. Here he is, Sean Payton, talking about what he's seen from the pass rushers so far in camp. Um, those guys are doing well. We had one-on-one uh, work Yesterday, again, one-on-one, we went to nine-on-seven today. Um, you know, I, I think it, it's two days in with the pads, and this is when we get a chance to see him. So, you know, we're, we're hopeful some of those younger guys come on. And here he is talking about the secondary. Remember, this is a good defense. Um, it's not just the offense playing poorly. Listen, you know, when I watch them, the first thing you see is they have ball skills. They're smart. And... Um, their experience, you see the communication, you know, so it, it's hard to find completions in some of these drills. They do a really good job of it. Um, and they force you and some of their seven and a half man fronts to be patient and run the ball. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, look, they're, they're a challenge. Seven and a half man front. What is a seven and a half man? Is that half a dude out there? <laughs> um, it's just different levels between the safeties, right? So typically the Broncos are going to be in their base three, four defense, three defensive linemen, four outside linebackers. But now, you know, Kareem Jackson, he likes to, he likes to show, right? Mm. He likes to play on different levels than Justin Simmons back there. So right. instead of lining up 20 yards down the field, Kareem might be at 15. You know, where now, if it is a run play, he's screaming down there. He's saying, hey, you know, you got to account for me in the run game. But if it's also a pass play now and he takes a step forward, he's able to recover because instead of being at, like, 
seven yards where the linebacker level is, but he still has a little bit more depth. So that's what he means by seven and a, and a half man front. Yeah, so DMAC was saying that basically that sound there of Sean Payton praising the defense is, is him making excuses for the poor play of the offense. I, I couldn't disagree more. Sean Payton is the head coach of this entire football team, and he's realizing that this defense is a strength on this team, and he's having a hard time beating them out there, and other teams are going to have a hard time beating them on Sundays. Um, so how can Russell Wilson come out against this defense and make some strides to improve I wanted to, to add on to the seven-and-a-half-man front conversation because that's what it is right now in training camp. As training camp goes on and the Broncos start doing some more of their diamond-nickel stuff, now that's Kwan Williams now being a, a little bit kind of removed in no-man's land. Is he in the box? Is he not under, out of the box? Are we accounting for him? But he's usually lined up at the um, at linebacker level, but just a little bit outside of the offensive tackle as well. Yeah, this is just the rudimentary stuff they're putting in right now. Another reason why you don't want to be early evaluators, as Sean Payton said. We want to let this thing play out. But are Russell's struggles thus far, because he has been struggling a bit, a, a, an actual cause for concern or just a product of learning an incredibly complicated offense? That's next. Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built Ford Tough. Cool kids we are here live from Training Camp 2023 in the DenverSports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Randy Ross Tennis Center uh, right behind us here. And we have an awesome location. Practice is starting. It's already started. I was there yesterday, really from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock, though. Not a lot of action. There's just a lot of individual drills and you know, routes on air and doing stuff, offense over here, defense over there. Not until 11 do they really get together and start cracking pads. So we're going to be bringing Chad Brown in at 11.30, and he's going to let us know what he sees. Um, real quick, a couple tweets from Mike Kliss regarding practice today. It looks like Randy Gregory, Aaron Patrick, among those getting management day practice off, they're observing, as well as Javante Williams. He's also observing, not practicing. Um are you surprised, Orlando, that Javante was like, because yesterday, first rep of nine on seven, Javante <laughs> Williams out there, uh, fresh off of ACL, not just an ACL, he blew out everything in his knee. Yeah. So um, your thoughts on just Javante Williams and, and just like the, <laughs> just the, the quickness with which he's healed and, and looking pretty good out there already. Yeah, it's an amazing story. You know, Javante Williams has worked his butt off. He's attacked his rehab and he's came back and, you know, showed this coaching staff, showed that training staff that he was ready to go. You know, they don't want to mess up this investment. Javante is a, is a guy that a lot of teams looked at in the National Football League and said, man, I, I, I want this guy. You know, I remember asking my father-in-law who was his three guys. Who's the, who's the three guys coming out this year that you absolutely love that the running back position? And Javante was one of those three names that were um, were, were, were named by him. And, and he's been coaching running backs for years in the National Football League. So for me, it's just an absolute amazing story. And to see him day over day, right? So I 
knew from months ago when, you know, Sean Payton and everybody kind of talked about Javante that we were going to see him the first couple of days of training camp. I wanted to see Javante after day one of pads, and he was out there day two. So I love now that now that this is the third day of pads, and, and he's getting a little break, taking a little breather, seeing how that knee responds and, and not doing too much too early in training camp. Yeah, Javante Williams out there, but will he be himself when he gets out there in game activity? Because you got to imagine if he's out there on day one of pads and he's taking the first rep of nine on seven, he's going to take the first rep in September on September tenth against the Raiders, right? Um, Provided no setbacks. Right? Yeah, would you see him? Would you see him pumping the brakes at all if there weren't any setbacks, or do you envision him because of the trajectory he's on based on these first couple days of practice? He's going to be the starting running back on week in week one. Yeah, if, if you're rolling, you roll, dog. Right? I yeah. mean, you, you kind of build this thing up and. You know, you said the first rep of nine on seven yesterday. Well, I don't know if you counted his reps and how many reps he had. But I anticipate by the time that this thing's all said and done, you know, once you get to practicing for games and getting ready against game opponents, the ones take majority of the reps. You might have a period at the start of the year that might be ten plays, and the ones might be out there for seven. You know, with the Broncos, we were told that when 18 is in there, when I was here, you got to be in there as an offensive line. There is no rotation. Oh, really? So, yeah, so we'll see how Sean Payton kind of does it. Is it when three's in there, Javante's in there, there is no rotation. I know they'll have a, a, a section on that call sheet that will call for Samaji P. Ryan. They might call for, you know, another running back, but we'll see exactly how this thing stacks up. But as long as there is no setbacks with Javante Williams, you let him roll. You trust the player, right? And you're going to ramp it up. There are going to be days where Javante's dog-tired after that day. We said, man, I had a lot of reps running in between the tackles today. And if he shows up the next day at 6.30 in the morning, getting ready to do treatment out there with Vinny, and he tells Vinny, I'm good to go, everything feels well, and you check that knee out and it checks out, and you keep on ramping it up. Now, that's another notch, right? That's another check mark. Because there is a mental block as well when you don't tackle in training camp. Yeah. They just don't do that anymore like back in the day. An unheralded part of the success of a team is the communication between the training staff and the players. That has to be airtight. It has to be an honest communication. And, and, and you're right. You have to let the player lead. As Chad Brown heads past us uh, holding his water and uh, wearing his short shorts and he's going to practice. <laughs> Chad Brown. <laughs> um, thighs out for sure. Yeah, he needs some sun on those things, too. A little, <laughs> little pasty. Um, okay, so part of getting Russell Wilson to play well um, is that running game that you talked about. And if it's a strong running game and a strong defense, it does help Russell Wilson. Sean Payton talked yesterday about, uh, yesterday about where he thinks Russell is through six games. Here he is. Yeah, it's hard because there were a lot of – other factors a year ago and we're really focused on what he's doing within the offense um obviously he's moving around well his weight's down he's in real good shape he's working really hard um you know there there are a lot of nuances still we're working through you know there's some good things in the running game today um each day you know you kind of look at the film and you start again with the corrections but I've been pleased with his progress and where he's at, uh, really dating back to the offseason and, and to where we are now into our first full week. Orlando, Mike Evans uh, parsed those words into meaning that he wasn't that impressed with him because he praised his fitness level. He praised how he looks running around out there, and he praised uh, how hard he's working. But he didn't say he's throwing the ball well. He didn't say he's on time and accurate. He didn't say he's making plays out there. Is there anything to that, what he left out, or do you take that at face value that Russell's uh, A-OK and on track? Man, it's a, 
I can't stress it enough. You know, I, I think when you look at a football team, Nate, what matters? Right now in training camp, for me, offensive line, you should be able to prosper for pro when you go 11 on 11. You know, is it going to look good in the run game? Probably not. You haven't had a lot of full-speed reps at it. There's something to you got to kind of grind this thing out, and you hope that you get to the peak of the mountain by the end of training camp. When I look at the wide receivers and the tight ends and the pass game, does that matter? Right now, Russell Wilson, you're, you're trying to figure out the catch radius of each and every individual. Uh, you might even get out there at the line of scrimmage, and now you got Brandon Johnson. How many reps have you taken with Brandon Johnson this offseason? Right? So you're going to try to figure it out if the play calls for a Brandon Johnson rep, right, to throw it to him. So I don't think it matters to be firing on all cylinders day seven of training camp. I think there's things that you've got to be wor- working on. So, Russ, do you know where the ball's supposed to go on this play? Did you give a catchable ball? Did you, you know, did you go there on time? Did you try to pull it down and run and use your legs? I think these things matter more. But as far as like Sean Payton, I, I don't expect Sean Payton to be praising Russell Wilson, talking about, man, the passing game looks great and Russ is on time with everything. And, you know, we're just absolutely lighting it up. I don't expect that right now in training camp. With my wide receiver hat on, I want him to throw that ball. I need him to throw that ball. Let me get those reps. Let me fight for a bad ball over a DB. Let me let me get my callus going. I don't want to run a route that I, when I'm the primary receiver and turn around and see you running in training camp. I just don't because that does nothing for me other than, you know, prepare for the game. I guess if you're going to do that in the game, okay, but you did that a lot last year. You got hurt three times. Russell Wilson, and I've heard people say that he can't act like he's Peyton Manning in the pocket. Well, he has to. He has to be better in the pocket. Because he's older than he used to be and his body's not as durable. This guy needs to learn how to throw the ball and get it out of his hand to his receivers and let his receivers work. Figure out who your go-to guy is. Who is your go-to guy, Russell? Who's the one receiver who you know is going to catch that ball no matter what? You don't know that yet. The only way you find out is throwing him the ball in practice, even if you're getting a rush. Sidestep it. Okay, it was a sack. Throw the ball. Let him fight for it. Yeah. Uh, We're here live from Trading Camp 2023. In the DenverSports.com zone, thanks to our friends from Con Construction. Con with a K. Colorado-owned and family-operated commercial general contracting for over 30 years along the front range. Check them out, ConConstruction.com. All right, the door isn't completely shut, guys, on a potential return to the Broncos for K.J. Hamler. Also, Javonce Williams continues to look great through camp. We're going to do that and more in the morning mixtape. Johnny. That's next. The Players Club welcomes you into the morning mixtape with a look at the biggest stories in Denver sports. Here's Orlando, Chad, and Nate. Guys, the door isn't completely shut on a potential return to the Broncos for KJ Handler. Sean Payton was talking uh, about KJ Handler's situation after being waived. We're taking some time off for a mild heart condition. Here he is. Yeah, his is unique in its unique uh, condition. We had a long visit with him. Um, you know, with him, the good news is we feel like, um, I don't want to put a prognosis or timeline on it, but approximately a month, probably another couple weeks to get in football shape. So um, we're hopeful that once the symptoms um, dissipate and he's cleared, then that leaves us a lot of options. And so we spent a lot of time with he and his agent, you know, coming up with the best plan. And uh, we feel like we have a good one. 
Orlando, do you think part of that plan is 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 bringing him back and, and seeing a future for KJ Hamler in a Broncos uniform? I just can't see it, Nate. I, I can't see. You know, we just talk about the business side of football all the time, and with KJ Hamler. The last couple years have not went well. He's been more off the field than on the field. And even when he's been on the field, the production hasn't been there. For Not for a second-round pick. It doesn't match up, in my opinion. I don't care that you had Pat Shermer. I don't care that you had Nathaniel Hackett. The production has not been there. So what I look at that, I don't know how the Broncos can look at a guy that has been unavailable. And now it's like the last couple years, It's every year it's two things. It was the ACL and the hip. This past year now, it's the peck and now the heart condition. I don't know how you say, hey, we're comfortable now with bringing this guy in that is a little bit injury prone, knowing that we might be risking losing our investment and this guy might not be available. So don't see it, Nate. I I just don't see a world where that happens. In three seasons as a Denver Broncos wide receiver, remember he was drafted in the second round of, of 2020. 2020 was his best season. He he uh, played in 13 games. He started four of them. He caught 30 passes, 381 yards, and three touchdowns in 2020. 2021, zero touchdowns. 2022, zero touchdowns. Five receptions in 2021. Seven receptions in 2022. Um, and just been just been <sighs> bitten by the injury bug all along. Uh, hamstring issues, knee, hip. Uh, Peck, and now the heart issue. You, your heart goes out to him uh, as uh, as somebody who just put so much into this and uh, cares so much about it and has been through um, so much with the injuries. But K.J. Hamler may have played his last game as a Denver Bronco. Johnny, hit it. All right. Uh, Javante Williams continues to look great, guys. This is a, a real bright spot in camp so far. Sean Payton talking about his surprise in Javante looking so good so early in camp. Yeah, I, I think... Yeah, I think back in the spring when we visited and we talked about him, I think all of you re- and expect, I mean, uh, rightfully so, were a little surprised to hear that he might be on time, not on PUP. We still, but we still have to be um, mindful of his reps and understand that you know an ACL recovery is X amount of time, and then they tell you it continues to heal into year two. So we. We're doing a good job of, of working him through um, the scripts and the practice plans and then being patient with what we're asking him to do. But I've been pleased to, to see him out here and, and, and not having to miss, you know, a week or two. And, and that was to his credit, you know, the offseason he's had. Some guys recover quicker from that injury than others. And, and fortunately for us, he's doing a good job doing that. Yeah, there is no boilerplate kind of answer for how long it's going to take somebody coming off an ACL injury. Every injury is different, every body is different, and everyone heals differently. So, Javante Williams continues to surprise folks. Orlando, do you think we're going to see the same Javante Williams this year that we got used to seeing the last couple years before he got hurt? Oh, man, I hope at some point. I really do. But it's hard. It's hard with the running back that, you know, loves that type of football. It's a physical aspect of it where it's a, I'm going to run through you or, or run you over if you try to get in my way. It's hard to see a guy now not just kind of be removed from it and expect it to happen from day one, right? Sean Payton, is, I don't believe he's going to have a lot of tackling drills here, if any at all. 
right, during the, the whole course of training camp. And now when you get out there for preseason games, I know these guys are going to play, but they're not going to play whole entire games. So uh, you hope that Javante could knock off some of the rust and, and get past that mental block. But that mental block is real, Nate. The, when you are, are at the running back position, is unlike any other. Like, Tim Patrick, I know he went down a couple. The ball is either completed or not completed, and that's a real game rep. He could really get one of those. Javante could get a real live game rep in practice in the passing game, but he can't get one in the run game. He just can't. There's no way to mimic it unless you're going to tackle to the ground, and I don't anticipate seeing Sean Payton doing that. So I think there'll be a little bit of rust, but you hope that he knocks it off within the first four weeks while this team is trying to figure out their identity, and then come week five, everybody's good to go. Yeah, that's why the depth in the running back room is important. Samaje Piran, uh, an experienced back, and he's ready to go 1-2, one, 1-2. Two, one, two. Hopefully it's a 1-2 punch at the beginning of the season, and these guys can... Uh, Feel out where Javante Williams is before they they put the load on his shoulders. Hit it, Johnny. All right, a guy we haven't talked much about, big offseason acquisition that replaced Draymond Jones. Zach Allen has seemed to impress early into camp. Here's Sean Payton talking about Zach Allen. He's a, he's a real good technician. The one thing about him, he's always going to be fit in the right gap. He's real smart. Um, he is a high-effort energy player. Um, he does a good job of getting an edge, you know, getting on the lineman's edge. Um, so we're pleased with, with what we've seen. And, again, it's early. Why are you laughing, though? You know why I'm laughing, Nate. Let me ask you this question, Nate. Have you ever heard of uh, this is going to sound really it. off the wall right here? Yeah, It's always a white dude who's it's, a hard-working technician, right? High effort and effort yeah. guy. Jim Rat always associated with the white dude. Yeah. Always. First there, first in the building, field. last to leave. Why is that? Coach's kid, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, like, it's it's crazy. Like, I've never heard of a, 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 a guy that's not of the, you know, Caucasian descent that has not been that has been described that way or differently, right? So is it because the Caucasians are thought of to have less physical abilities out there? Man, I think they. I think that you know you take away from their ability by, by saying, saying that, that, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. Like you know, I look at I look at uh, Allen and and man, he, he would keep me up at night. You know, I, I look at his ability to transition from a, a, a to a secondary pass rush move when the first one is stopped, and you know his relentless effort, which I guess it's a high energy, high motor guy, high motor. But that's what that's good defense alignment. That's great defense alignment. Yeah, they're able to transition to their secondary pass rush move. They are relentless with their rush. They just keep going and going and going. It does not matter who you put out there in front of them. They are going to find a way. Right. So I think that when you're describing a white dude, um, it, it kind of take a little bit away from him when yeah. you describe him like that. I agree. And I'm glad you pointed that out because Zach Allen um, is taking over for Draymond Jones, who was a very productive member of this defense last season before getting injured. 
and they, they let him go. And Zach Allen is the replacement there, and they gave him big money to come here, and he was brought here by Vance Joseph, who obviously thinks very highly of him. Our broadcast from Training Camp 2023, powered by the F the Ford F-150 lighting. I'm looking at it right now. Um, all electric and built Ford tough. All right, guys, I was out of practice yesterday, and I got some observations uh, from practice, and including how important special teams is for this team. We're going to get into that next. Live from the DenverSports.com zone across from Training Camp 2023, thanks to Con Construction and Ting Internet. Reacting to today's practice, the Players Club, powered by the Ford F-150 Lightning, all electric and built for tough. That is the players' ball. All the players have come from far and wide to see training camp 2023. We're here at the DenverSports.com zone across from Centura Training Center where the Broncos are practicing as we speak. Uh, from our vantage point here, we can see the berm and a bunch of fans up there observing practice. It's the first hour of practice, and that first hour, a lot of individual drills, a lot of routes on there, offense over here, defense over there. Really, around 11 o'clock is when these guys come together and do really the meat of practice where they're actually getting work done and where you can learn something uh, from it. And we're going to talk about what we've been learning from practice and what I saw yesterday, but I wanted to give some more details on the Ayoma uh, Wazarike um, situation. There is a, a complaint filed against him by the clerk of district court, and um, according to subpoenaed records, his FanDuel account completed approximately 801 mobile online sports wagers. These sports wagers collectively totaled over $21,361. Four wagers placed on Iowa State University football games uh, when he was there, including the following two games he participated in. Iowa at Iowa State, Kansas at Iowa State. That was in 2021. Additionally, the account placed approximately 32 wagers on NFL Denver Bronco events and individual NFL Bronco players, so prop bets on some of his teammates. At the time the wagers were placed, Wazirike had been drafted to the Broncos. These wagers included the following NFL games. Week 1 last year, Denver Broncos at Seattle Seahawks. Week two, Houston, Texas at Denver Broncos. Week three, the Niners at the Broncos. Then he took some time off. He took 11 weeks off, Orlando. But then he came back in week 14, Kansas City at Denver. That might have been, you know, right after uh, week three might have been when the NFL came into each and every team and said, hey, gambling is a serious thing, guys. And if you do it, you know, we're gonna, you're going to be reprimanded. So he took some time off. Took right some time there. off. But then he played in a couple of these games, and it must have been late in the season when he played. Do you think he was like, I'm playing? I'm betting on this one. I'm betting on me. Or was he like, they're playing me. I'm not ready. I'm betting against us. Uh, Well, I I hope that that guy was not betting against his football team. I really do because that's part of the bad culture. That's part of, you know, the losing culture. Thinking that, hey, it's over before it's even begun. Man, I've never, every week I walked into that facility, Nate, whether it was the Broncos facility, the Chargers facility, out there in Washington, I believe that that game, we were going to win that football game. I walked in. I, I looked at the game plan. We, we, I looked at the players that were around, and I believe that we were going to find a way to win this football game because right. it is any given Sunday. Sometimes you might lose because, yeah, you're just not good enough. 
But a lot of times you lose, in my opinion, because the, the chess match. You, you lost the chess match. You, you might not have been as prepared as you should be, and that's on coaching. But the coaches might have, you know, called the play where, hey, you know what, why didn't we go to this in that certain situation where that play would have had a little bit more success. So for me, I've never walked into a game and just was like, yeah, we're going to get our butts kicked. Not ever. Never. Um, you know, actually, sorry. I, 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 I did one time. My rookie year, Tebow Mania, playing against the Steelers in the playoffs. I did not believe that we were going to win that football game. Wow. Yeah. And you did. We won. You pulled Probably. a rabbit out of the hat. It was unbelievable. Was that, was that Tebow magic or was there something else involved there? Um, I, I think it was Tebow magic because you, you should have saw the game plan that we they, We were talking. We, there were real discussions on, okay, on every third down, if it's over third and three, um, Brady Quinn, you're going to be the quarterback. In the playoffs. In the playoffs. And Ooh. at that point, I don't even remember taking snaps in front of Brady Quinn that year. Wow. Uh, uh, other than in training camp and in practice. Was he just that bad in practice, Tim Tebow? Like, could he just not complete easy passes? Yeah, you, don't know, you didn't know where the ball was going to go. You had no idea where the ball was going to go. I remember that being the thought process being like, we'd get the team drills and and they would sprinkle in some passing plays. And when they would call a passing play, and, and Tebow would be on his knee, and, and he'd call that play, and he'd call it with conviction. And he'd look into every one of your eyes, and there was a sense of belief that he was going to figure it out and, and on this play. But there was more of a belief of, like, why the hell did you just call this play? Like, <laughs> we need to be going five wide and running quarterback Sarah, like one back uh, power, you know, like what we normally do, our bread and butter in these situations. So uh, I will t- say that, even though you knew that Tim Tebow wasn't the best at throwing the ball and it was more likely to be an incomplete rather than a complete completion, the way he would say the play, it's almost like he would bring you over to believe in that some way, somehow, this play was going to work. What year was that? My year one. 2011? 2011, yeah. Look at it right now. You guys um, were 25th in points per game that season, 23rd in yards per game. Number one Russian offense in the NFL that year, though. Was it? Number one, baby. Wow. If Tim Tebow was the quarterback of this team last year, how many how many games did they win? Wow. I think today's NFL is more of a passing league. Um, but, yeah, I certainly think that you get to over 18 points, so you win more games than you lose than you, lo- than you won last year for sure. With Tim Tebow and Russell Wilson, yeah, I don't wow. believe that you are a uh, above five hundred team, but that might look like you know seven and seven and what ten, uh, eight and nine maybe in a situation. I, I believe you do win more games because you were just looking at that year, right, and yeah. talking about what we were in offense. How many times did we score less than eighteen points that year? So like that, that's where you got to start thinking about it. Because even though Tebow was there, it, it kind of, as long as it was within one score, the belief was there that we were going to come back and find a way to win this football game. And you guys were 8-8 eight eight that year. 8-8. Eight eight, made it to the playoffs. Made it to the playoffs. Won the AFC West. Found out about an hour eight after playing the eight. last game that we won it. After watching um, the, Ra- the end of the Raiders versus Chargers game. <laughs> yeah, g- gone are the days when you can win the AFC West with an 8-8 eight eight record. <laughs> right? Um that's that's for the NFC now. That's the NFC South. Um, all right, so I was at practice yesterday, and we're going to talk to Chad Brown in a little over 30 minutes. He's over there right now. But 
And this is one of the things we talked about with DMAC yesterday. DMAC doesn't like that there's such an emphasis on special teams and that they'll stop practice, <laughs> stop practice to do special teams or stop the flow of practice to focus on special teams. Now, Sean Payton has talked extensively about how much he values the return game, specifically as an offensive coach, likes to put his offense in, in good position with good field position. Um, these teams- special teams is the hardest thing to get right. You know, so DMAC. If you're out there listening, I need you to, to shut it, all right, D-Mac? Because I don't think that a lot of people realize that when you're doing special teams, now that's when you have a, a guy like a, a, a Michael O.J. Mudia, right, where he doesn't play next to a Brandon Johnson, right? They're not in the meeting rooms together. Remember, a lot of these guys, they, like, they live, breathe football together, right? This DB room is always around each other. They, they go out and practice. They're doing drills. You're able to understand that person's ability a lot faster that's in your positions group than you would be able to understand on special teams. So when you do come up and practice, the very little practice time that you get into very little meeting time, you're trying to throw it all together. And I don't think that special teams gets an, enough in the NFL. You know, they're like uh, Harbaugh there with Baltimore. He has like a 30-minute special teams walkthrough practice before even practice begins because he takes it seriously. And like it or not, special teams is a third of football. Yeah, uh, during the season here with the Broncos, we'd have 30 minutes of special teams before everyone else got on the field. We'd also be here an hour, hour and a half before everyone else got in the building um, to have our meetings. Our meetings would start at 7.30 a.m., and the team meeting would be at 9, so a lot of folks would be coming in at 9, where we had already put in an hour and a half of work, watching film, uh, installing, and all that, and then out on the field, the emphasis was clear as well. Special teams is one-third of this team, and there's going to be a lot of players who make this team because of that. 45 dudes suit up for each game, not the 53 that are on the roster. Every single one of those 45, except for the backup quarterback, is playing in the football game. You have to have them contributing in some meaningful way. We are here live from Training Camp 2023 in the denversports.com zone. Thanks to our friends from Con Construction, Colorado-owned and family-operated Commercial general contracting for over 30 years along the front range. Conconstruction.com. All right, guys. Um, the response we've been waiting for from Nathaniel Hackett. He responded to the kerfuffle going on the last week. And Sean Payton's comments. We'll hear from our boy Nathaniel next.